Welcome to the Worship Leader Essentials Podcast brought to you by Worship Catalyst. We are here to help leaders learn how to do more with less. For more information or engage with us, please visit worshipcatalyst.com. We're so glad you're here today. Let's learn together. All right. Welcome again to the uh, Worship Leader Essentials Podcast. Another great episode here with a guest we've had on before, Ben Barfield. How's it going, Ben? Good, good, good. And uh, we're going to get to reintroduce uh, ourselves to Ben here in a second. Uh, but I'm excited about this podcast. Here's why. Because, you know, I think that sometimes we ask ourselves the question, like, uh, am I good at this? Am I uh, am I the right person? Do I have the right, uh, not just skill set, but do I have the right heart? Do I have the right personality? Do I have the right, is my life in a good place? Do I lead well? All those kinds of things. And and. And the thing that's great about uh, what Ben is up to these days with his life is that I think he has some tools that will help us assess uh, how we're doing, not just as worship leaders, but as Christians and as family people and as, you know, just relationship builders and as leaders and all those kinds of things. So I'm excited to get into this because I think it's really important. It's maybe a layer of leadership development for yourself that maybe you don't typically think about. So today we're going to go a little bit deeper than normal. So Ben, great to have you back. So why don't you just remind us who you are, what you do, all that. Hey, I'm, I'm Ben Barfield. Um, good friend of Austin. We've worked together in the, you know, on plenty churches for the last, you know, for several years. And so, um, but now I work with the, the SIN network. And what I do is I work with the assessment team um, for SIN network. I lead a team of, of people who, we train assessors, we train um, city, city leaders, we train our different assessment teams, we train the field staff, but we also um, work to innovate and improve our assessments for the SIN network, whether that's um, assessments for just church planters or um, church planning leaders, all different kinds of people. We do all kinds of assessments at the SIN network. So how long have you been working on uh, assessments for uh, SIN network? Well, I was a city missionary for several years. I was a church planner for several years, but all along the way, starting about 2011, mm-hmm. I, I um, have been working with an assessment called Launch, and Launch um, became so 2011 to about 2014 or so. Launch finally became um, part of the Sin Network. They they gifted it to Sin Network, and so the old Launch assessment now is the is the the basis, the start of what became the SIN network assessment. So I guess you could say for 10 plus years. So I want to hear a little bit about that process because I think we have a lot to learn. Um, uh, Because so many, how many, I mean, you guys, you guys assess hundreds of church planners through this process in a year, right? Yeah. 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 So I think there's a lot to learn from it because um, worship leaders, I think we can be assessed as well, just in maybe a little bit different way. So, uh, but before we get into that, man, Ben and I go way back and, uh, (laughs) Uh, ben is what the doctors call a foodie. Okay, I mean, you call me fat, dude. I'm not. I'm fat? saying you. I, I'm saying that of all the people I know, I think the doctors call it diabetic, bro. You're, what call it. <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah. Of all the people I know, you're the most one, like the top of the heap of the ones that when you're going somewhere, when I'm going somewhere, you always tell me where to go eat and what to eat off the menu, and so uh, these days. What are you enjoying? Like, what's uh, what are you going to tell us about the best food thing that we should think about? 
Well, I lived in Las Vegas with Austin for several years, and I didn't get to have Sonoran Mexican food, which is mm. what I grew up with. And so um, moving back to Arizona about a year ago, I still um, am on a little bit of a Sonoran Mexican food kick. And if you don't know what Sonoran Mexican food is, you, do what, you don't, you don't know want what to. real Mexican food is. <laughs> Most of you think Mexican food has chips and, and queso on the table. That's Tex-Mex. Oh. Come on. There's only there's only one Tex-Mex place I will eat at and, and enjoy. And that's a place called Chewy's. But mm. um, I'm all into the Sonoran Mexican food, which is basically um, a lot of beef, a lot of garlic, a lot of, um, you know, it's totally different. And a lot of cilantro um, from the Sonora region of Mexico in, in then Arizona. You know, we don't do quesadillas. We do a thing called the cheese crisp. That's those the kind best. Of things. Yeah, yeah, I will yeah. say the cheese crisp is a reason to go to Tucson. That's right. That's right. So good. And Sonoran dogs. That, but I digress. <laughs> so Sonoran dogs, you have to look on, uh, what is the TV show that Sonoran dogs run? Well, there are several food network TV shows, diners, drive-ins, diners, drive-ins and dives. Yeah. Um, food wars, those kind of things. Back yeah. They the had day. a competition between Sonoran dogs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Between BK and, um, El Huero Canelo. Yeah. Or, or the two one they did. Yeah. So if you, um, happen to be in, it's almost only in Tucson that you find these Sonoran dogs. I don't know. Yeah. But if you happen to find yourself in Tucson, I go to El Huero Canelo and have a Sonoran dog, right? That's the best one. That's right. There you go. Even though they didn't win the competition. But anyway. That's right. Because they had people from other places that did. <laughs> right. All right. So let's jump in here, man. So you guys are going to, some new church planter, uh, you know, feels like he wants to plant a church and he's got some sort of representation from a denominational basis, I guess. Right. And so they say, all right, you're going to, the church planner, you're going to get to go to assessment. So what are the various areas or ways that you assess that planter? Well, um, we have them do some pre-assessment um, surveys, tests kind of thing. And so they'll do a, what we call an initial um, church planner assessment. They'll do prepare, a prepare and rich marriage assessment. They'll do some uh, stuff like that. But then when we get to the assessment and then they do some questionnaires, all kinds of stuff, there's lots of pre-stuff that kind of give us a baseline. Right. But then when we get to assessment, we assess competency and character or, or health really. And so there's really kind of two halves of things we assess hmm. in the competency side. Those are things like leadership, disciple making, um, um, missional engagement, um, those kind of things, communication, how they preach. Um, and then on the, on the other side, the character health issues side, we have, we assess their emotional and spiritual health. We assess their calling. We assess um, their family dynamic, the, you know, how the wife is or the spouse is um, engaged as well as their social skills. So those are, those are the two kinds of sides we assess. Okay. That's interesting. And so what do you think, what are some of the, now you, now I, I have been able to be a part of this assessment process as well from a, you know, from a coaching and director standpoint stuff. But what do you think in all these years of you being a part of this, man, are some of the most telling questions? You know what I mean? <laughs> Those ones that, because I mean, there's probably what, 100, 200 questions or something that they get asked over it. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the ones that you're like, these questions probably determine more than some of the others? Well, I mean, church planter questions, um, things about evangelism. How many people have, have you led to Christ in the last three years? Or, yeah. And then, and you know, if they're in a really tough situation, it could also be, you know, how many times do you share your faith? You know, how do you share your faith? You know, what what's your strategy? You know, we asked the question about, um, we, we have them actually give a testimony of, of, of their 
salvation experience. And then also with that, you know, in, in words that someone might understand who doesn't know Jesus. Yeah. Um, so those are important, obviously, um, missional engagement, all that stuff, lots of leadership questions, like how, how, um, how, how tell us about your, your greatest failure. Mm. You know, we, that's a question we ask a lot. We ask questions about conflict and how they, how they um, engage in conflict, how they deal with it. Do they just let it go? Are they peacemakers? Do they overlook stuff? Hey, Those so let me things. ask you a question. Yeah. yeah. Why do you, why do you uh, focus on the failure? Well, because it, if you don't, um, two things. I think one thing, if you don't acknowledge failure, um, that then you're you're just going to repeat it over and over and over. And yeah. secondly, I think part of it is if you haven't experienced failure, you probably don't have much experience. Okay. So, but we want to see how they come out of failure. Everybody experiences failure. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We want to. We what we're assessing is not you know the failure per se but how they emerge, how they deal with it, what they do differently because of it, those kind of things, if that makes sense. So yeah, those are some of the um, competency questions we'll ask. But, you know, we obviously ask a lot of questions for um, one of the most important things, character things and health things is marriage. We ask a lot of questions about marriage. We ask things about addiction. We ask about pornography. We ask about, I mean, crazy. I mean, we get super you know, personal on that stuff because character matters, man. And um, mm-hmm. if your character is flawed, you're going to have an issue, you know, um, um, serving, serving in the kingdom. You just are, you know what I mean? And so, I mean, everybody has sin in their life. Everybody has problems, but, um, again, are you open? Are you, um, have you, how have you dealt with that stuff in the past? We ask, um, emotional and spiritual health questions. We ask about, about, um, their spiritual disciplines, Mm -hmm. you know, about, um, all kinds of spiritual disciplines. We ask about their, their past with their, with their family of origin. We ask those things um, because we want them to be healthy. Um, we ask about calling. Um, as a matter of fact, one of the, the, the key questions we ask, and I would say it's the same thing for um, tr- um, not just church planners, but for um, worship leaders as well, is if you're not called and you can't clearly articulate that call, then um, that that's one of the main things that we will, we will not um, allow someone to move forward yet until they have mm-hmm. that clear, concise, call that they can articulate because it's one thing to have a call. I'm not, we don't assess their call. We assess, can they articulate that call? Because if they can't tell someone else, then um, down the road, when things get difficult, mm. um, that calling is what holds you in place. It's what holds, right. it's what helps you stick. So um, that's the first thing that we look at is calling, but one of the very first things we look at, and it's the, one of the most important things. So in addition to, <laughs> in addition to call, calling, and I'm just sitting here thinking about uh, my experience on this, <laughs> what have you seen when church planners, like when you give a, a, like a grade at the end and that grade is like, Hey, you need to put the brakes on for a little while, but you know, or whatever, kind of pause. Right. What are some of the other areas that you assess most often that causes them to need to take a break before they plant? Well, calling is, like I said, it's the number one, you know, it's the, it's the first thing we look for, but it's not the number one that actually the number one would be, um, uh, family issues, you know, okay. difficulties in the, in the family, you know, with, with the husband, the wife, the kids, um, maybe family of origin issues, you know, we, we would like for them to be as healthy as they can mm-hmm. because he- I'm, I'm not saying you're, it's perfect because they're not all perfect. I'm not perfect. My fam- my marriage isn't perfect, but if you don't have a healthy marriage, um, it's hard, to, man, this is the way, this is the way I, I heard it. I've heard it say the marriage is the most accurate picture of um christ and his bride the body you know wow and 
body of the, the church. And if, yeah. if you don't have a healthy marriage, how are you supposed to lead the church mm-hmm. and how are you supposed to um, lead others to have healthy marriages? And health? so that's one, um, again, emotional and spiritual health is another one. Um, you know, that spiritually, they're just not ready. They're not mature enough. They're not, they don't have spiritual disciplines in their life. They don't depend on the father. Um, but so those are the, I would say most of the time when we say, let's put a pause, it's not because of competency. Yeah, it's more because of character and health. Yeah. That's really interesting. So, um, so let's, let's connect the dots then here with worship leaders, because unfortunately, Unfortunately, you don't have this process for worship leaders in a church plant. It's almost like, <laughs> to be honest, church planners are like, hey, so you breathe and you play a G and a C and a D on guitar and you're not a terrible singer. You know, you're a, you're a worship leader, you know. Right. And uh, that's at the, you know, the lowest, lowest level, though I've seen it dozens of times. That's exactly the conversation, right? So it doesn't, there's not maybe the buy-in from the beginning. There's not the assessment. There's not, the pastors don't even necessarily know how to assess a worship leader, you know? And so what do you think are some of the, what should we be thinking about that as worship leaders or as pastors looking at worship leaders? What from what you, you guys do, what can we learn about some of those assessment questions that we should be functioning through? Again, I think um, going back to what the first thing a pastor looks for, and it is competency. Can the guy play the guitar? Does he have a good voice? Um, I would say when it comes to leadership, I mean, when it comes to um, assessing, you know, whether someone can be a, a strong worship leader for my church, they can learn. I mean, if, they, if they're at a certain level competency wise, they can get better at that. They can get better at being a guitar player. They can be a better singer. They can get better at, um, at um, leading a team. But I would be assessing leadership and then I would be assessing character. I'd be asking questions about leadership. You know, how, how have they led teams before? Um, I'd be asking questions about, um, about character, you know, um, about their, their marriage, about their spiritual practices. Uh, um, are they called to this? Those are the things that I would probably lean into is probably the more of the character and the health of the, of the person than actually the comp actual competency. I mean, if they can meet a, but that's not what most of us do. Most of us say, Hey man, this guy is a killer singer yeah. and um, he looks good up front. That's, that's great. But that stuff will let you down, man. And then the yeah. rest of the stuff will, will bring you down. That looking good up front part. Is that how, why you are not a worship leader anymore? That is why I'm not a worship leader anymore. <laughs> I'm 50, almost 53 and fat and gray. And so um, it's, it would be like um, having Jim Gaffigan up there leading worship, you know, come on. <laughs> At least it'd be fun, though, if Jim Gaffigan was your worship leader. I have led worship in the past, man. I'll tell yeah, you that. And, I know. Um, it was, I felt, when I was a youth pastor, I felt a little bit like um, Jack Black in School of Rock or something up there with the youth band, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you you got cred, man. You've got the, uh, you've got the choral conducting. Yeah, uh, choral degree. conducting. But I haven't done that since college, pretty much. And that was many years. Ago. So, yeah. All right. As worship leaders and and as humans, I mean, as Christians, we need to always be assessing ourselves, right? How am I doing here? How am I doing here? And and most people don't have like a grid for that or a, you know, like a monthly, you know, Google form they fill out on themselves or anything. And that may be a little bit too far. But what are some questions that we should be asking ourselves? And is that even the right way to assess? Like, what do you think about that? Um. That's, that's difficult. I think that a lot of people just aren't self-aware. 
Mm-hmm. And so it's difficult to um, do a self-assessment. A lot of people are, are, some people are great at that. You know, they, they, they're honest with themselves. They're self-aware. Um, they, and, but on the other hand, some people are too tough on themselves. And some people are, think they're the awesome, best person in the world, most awesome person in the world. Yeah. I, I would say um, start with something like, a, like, especially if you're married, start with something like a prepare and rich survey. You can get one online for pretty cheap. Um, and then the, the good thing about it, it gives you um, a sur- it's a survey that's based when you are in marriage. Like if you are, if you're pre-married, this, it'll work when you're married, it'll work no matter how far along the road. And it gives you a, a score based on, on the agreement you have in your marriage on how you communicate on, on all kinds of different levels and stuff. And so the, the good thing about that is then there are questions that you get with it that are tools to help you get better mm-hmm. and um, and like almost a workbook. But there's okay. also a list of facilitators all over the country that can walk through that with you in a couple cool. of hours. That's one way to do that kind of thing. I would say that um, the emotional and spiritual health, um, spiritual disciplines, I, I would read a book um, like something like um, Richard Foster's Celebration of Dif- Discipline or something like wow. that. Classic. And just kind of read that and See, where am I at with these disciplines? Yeah. You know, um, that's a, I mean, that's, that's a, a tough, classic. <laughs> that's a what? classic. It's also very hard. I mean, like, oh, it's easy, it's easy read though, but I mean, it, you beat it, yourself up on that book, man. That's a, yeah, I know you're right. You're right. But I mean, it's good to, um, I read that book once a year, man. I, I read it once a year and, um, it just helps me remind myself I, I'm not grading against the book. I'm gra- I'm grading against myself. Am I better than I was last year? That's the question you need to ask. That's good. Am I better than I was last year? Am I doing, am I doing better? Am I farther along in my walk with Christ or, but, and, and just gauge that with yourself. But I think it's also good to, um, ask 360 questions, get, get your boss, get, um, some people you trust, get some friends, um, some people that you, some people that you've led and ask them some questions about you. How am I as a discipler? How, um, how am I as, um, you know, how do I lead? Um, when we've had conflict, how how has it worked? But, but you have to get people that will, that will answer back. Um, yeah. honestly. And and you right. need to give them permission to do that. I don't know if that, if, if that helps or tells you anything, but I think 360 evaluation, having other people speaking to you is a, is a great way to gain self-awareness so you can better assess yourself. I think that's the, the key is we need to be self-aware. And so sometimes you have to see what others see rather than just what you see. Yeah. That's really good, man. So I hear you say preparing and rich if you're married or pre-married or whatever. And then also a book like Celebration of Disciplines <clears throat> on a consistent basis to continue moving forward in our spiritual d- development. And then th- uh, some sort of 360. And when you say 360, specifically, are you saying get people that are with me to answer some questions, people above me to answer some questions, and people below me to answer exactly some questions? That's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. Right. That's exactly what I'm saying. That, so you're, you're covering all aspects. But, but I, I do want to say, I think there's some great leadership tools and, mm-hmm. and self-awareness tools out there. Um, uh, one of the the things that's big right now that people use that, you know, some people think satanic, but I don't think it's satanic is Enneagram. Yeah. I mean, do an Enneagram um, because that's really about you. Don't ever let somebody else tell you what your Enneagram is. That's really about you. But the reason that's good is it is because it's based on your mo- motivations from your childhood and, yeah. um, and kind of some wounds and things in the past. So you kind of help helps you um, know who you are. There's also a thing called strength finders. Mm-hmm. And that's actually really good on how you um, work. You can know what your strengths are and how you best lead. 
and and lean into those things. Sometimes it's we we want to shore up all of our weaknesses, but if I know what I do well, yeah, it's um it's great to to lean into those. Like one of the things that I'm that I have um strong high end and strength finders is woo. Well, um if I'm not out trying to you know woo someone, be a pied piper, then I'm then I'm I'm doing it wrong. You know what I mean? We need to be about that. So I don't know if that makes sense, but there are, there's also um, another thing um, that I, that I like to use called um, the predictive index. Have you heard of that one, Austin? Yeah, I've heard of it. I don't know what it is. Yeah. The great thing about predictive index is it, it's great on a team. So if you can get others to take it with you, it, um, it helps you all see how you work together and, um, and what your strengths are, what their strengths are, but also what your weaknesses are and how they, it's a, it's a perfect tool for that. I don't know if that's exactly self-assessment, but those kind of things, any of those kind of tools, you know, the old, um, Myers-Briggs, um, disc profile, any of those things, they just make you more aware about yourself. Um, I wouldn't go crazy nuts and do all of them, but do a couple of those things that, that you like, yeah. and it helps you know who you are. So you can, um, better know how to relate to others. Yeah, there's another really good one called <clears throat> called the uh, Harrison assessment. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's super deep and 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 uh really good. Uh, one real easy one is um Patrick Lencioni's um what's it called? Um I just went blank. It's basically working geniuses. Okay. Where there's only there's only six or eight of them, you know what I mean? But it's it's just really good. Anything like that. I, we could geek out on this all day long. <coughs> but you know, that's kind of what I do. But um I Anything like that that helps you know yourself better, yeah, um, is super helpful. That's awesome. All right, so um, last, let's kind of narrow this down a little bit <clears throat> as we kind of get close to the end here. Um, I really love that you've got these easy tools. You know, go out and grab a personality thing, family. Uh, you know, preparing and rich. Do a, you know, some sort of spiritual discipline book like uh, Richard Foster's, uh, and then this three hundred and sixty thing. So, um. If you were going to uh, have someone grab uh, someone that's level with them, someone above them, and someone below them to do to assess them, uh, a, um, how do they write those questions? Or is there you know are there a few simple ones that they should always have on there? And b, how often should they do something like that? You think? I, I'm going to say the a. Is, is 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 a little more difficult just because it probably depends on what they want to learn about themselves. Okay. One of the things that I would do is I wouldn't do a whole lot of questions. I would have a few that I use every year. Okay. The answer to B is I do it every year. Okay. Once um, year. I would have a few that I would do every year. You know, things like um, how have I how have you seen me disciple others or how have I discipled you? Uh-huh. Um, things like um, um, things about your spiritual disciplines, what, how, how do they see you? Yeah, have you seen Jesus in me? How, how do you see Jesus like in me? Those yeah. great, those kind of questions. But then I also would like pick one out that would be like, okay, I, I want to grow in this area this year. Oh, that's good. So, um, how have you, like, for example, one I'm working on right now is time management. And, um, and because I I'm leading a team now rather than just leading myself. And so I'm asking questions of others on how do they see, how, do, how have they seen me grow? in the areas of time management and how have they seen me not grow? Does that, yeah. if that makes sense. And so um, I, I, and then I would keep track of all these things. And once, once a year, six months, or something like that. And this is not something I've done for my whole life, but it's just something I've been doing recently. And yeah. um, it makes a big difference if you keep track and um, you go back and you look and, and you say, am I, am I growing um, or am I um, 
just staying the same. And if you're, if we're just staying the same in things, we, we need to grow in all those areas. I don't know if that and helps. It kind of seems, you know, it's awesome. It seems early on in that, <clears throat> like with your time management as an example, yeah. it seems like you might want to ask that question more often at first. Right. Exactly. Because you're trying to make fast improvements to get better. Right. At it. So the mindset, I think of getting honest feedback, first of all, getting people to give you honest feedback is really hard to find those people. But and when you second, find them, you need to latch on to them. Yeah. And so how do you let someone know, no, I really want you to be like, I want you to be brutally honest here, you know, because I, I think people have a hard time being honest because, you know, if you're a Christian, you know, you're taught to be nice, you know? <laughs> well, I think it's just that. I think you need to say um, to them, Hey, I want you to be brutally honest. And then when they are receive it. And thank Don't, them for being honest. Thank maybe. them for being honest and say, give me more. You know what I mean? Do you know, there was a, that's a, funny you say that because, um, you know, I assess worship leaders and things like that on various areas of their um, competency and stuff. And there's this one group of people, one group of worship leaders I've been working with. And this one person, I just like, honestly, I, I was just kind of hammering on one day on a few things. And it was, it felt like I was being overbearing in my nitpickiness almost of this, of the leadership. Right. And I got an email back from that person that day. Like five minutes later, they sat down and wrote an email that just said, it is so hard to get people to tell me what I, how I'm really doing. I really appreciate it. Please peel off every layer that you can find that I can do to get better at what I, you know, I want to be the best I can possibly be. So thank you. And I, and I think that's the way that humble people react when they finally find somebody that'll be honest, but. Yeah. And I think it's just, I think that it's asking for it because I, I agree with you. I, I, I don't think people are used to being asked for, Hey man, I want some real honest feedback in this. And, um, it doesn't have to be like a, um, like I'm going to send you an email and I want you to fill it out anonymously, man, just, <laughs> just, um, set up some meetings and sit down with somebody and say, Hey man, I need, I need some honest feedback in this area. I'm, and then if, and if you tell them I'm trying to grow, yeah, that's and good. so if I if you're just saying, hey man, I want some honest feedback, they're not going to give it to you. But if you say, I want to grow in this area, mm. and I know that I have area, I know I have room to grow, so I need that feedback. And then and then, like you said, like this team did, accept it, and um and then ask for more, you know. And I know it's uncomfortable, man, but you and I have that kind of relationship. And there's yeah, been many times where where you've looked me in the eye and you said, Hey man, um, this is some way you can grow. And, and what happens, what will eventually happen is they'll, they'll give it to you unsolicited. Oh yeah. The and um, receive it then as well. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, you were, <clears throat> that's good, man. And you've always received those things really well, right after you punched me in the face for saying yeah, that. Exactly. Well, uh, your, your throat <laughs> is too small. You know, you have too small of a neck. You, know, you can get me in the neck, you know, but I can't get you in the neck. <laughs> well, Ben, I think this has been super helpful, man. I really do. And I, I think if we'll, uh, I just don't think many people think this way, uh, just at general. And I think it's because we're just moving on through life super fast and we're right. doing things that we want to do or whatever. And and I think if we can just take these steps that you've mentioned today and get, you know, just incrementally better at what we do, just think about how, how much better of a Christian and family person and worship leader and pastor and human that will be two years from now, if we'll just do some of these things. So anyway, thanks for your time, man. And then if you ever want to be, um, you want to be a church planner, you, you'll be ready for an assessment. So there you go. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Uh, God bless you. Thank you, Ben. And uh, th God bless all of you for uh, taking a few minutes here to listen and uh, be sure and subscribe and we'll hit you up next Tuesday. God bless. See you.